Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Words to her. Therefore, I left the men of the farm as far away as might be after making them work with me, which no man round our parts could do, to his own satisfaction. And then, knowing them to be well weary, very unlike to follow me, and still more unlike to tell of me, for each had his London present, I strode right away, in good trust of my speed, without any more misgivings, but resolved to face the worst of it, and to try to be home for supper. And first I went, I know not why, to the crest of the broken highland, whence I had agreed to watch for any mark or signal. And sure enough, at last I saw, when it was too late to see, that the white stone had been covered over with a cloth or mantle, the sign that something had arisen to make Lorna want me. For a moment I stood amazed at my evil fortune, that I should be too late, in the very thing of all things on which my heart was set. Then, after eyeing sorrowfully every crick and cranny, to be sure that not a single flutter of my love was visible, off I set, with small respect either for my knees or neck, to make the round of the outer cliffs, and come up my old access. Nothing could stop me. It was not long, although to me it seemed an age, before I stood in the niche of rock at the head of the slippery watercourse, and gazed into the quiet glen, where my foolish heart was dwelling. Notwithstanding doubts of right, notwithstanding sense of duty, and despite all manly striving, and the great love of my home, there my heart was ever dwelling, knowing what a fool it was, and content to know it. Many birds came twittering round me in the gold of August. Many trees showed twinkling beauty as the sun went lower, and the lines of water fell from wrinkles into dimples. Little heeding, there I crouched, though with sense of everything that afterwards should move me, like a picture or a dream, and everything went by me softly while my heart was gazing. At last a little figure came, not insignificant, I mean, but looking very light and slender in the moving shadows, gently here and softly there, as if vague of purpose, with a gloss of tender movement, in and out the wealth of trees and liberty of the meadow. Who was I to crouch or doubt or look at her from a distance? What matter if they killed me now, and one tear came to bury me? Therefore I rushed out at once, as if shotguns were unknown yet, not from any real courage, but from prisoned love burst forth. I know not whether my own Lorna was afraid of what I looked, or what I might say to her, or of her own thoughts of me, 
All I know is that she looked frightened, when I hoped for gladness. Perhaps the power of my joy was more than maiden liked to own, or in any way to answer to, and to tell the truth it seemed as if I might now forget myself, while she would take good care of it. This makes a man grow thoughtful, unless, as some low fellows do, he believe all women hypocrites. Therefore I went slowly towards her, taken back in my impulse, and said all I could come to say, with some distress in doing it. Mistress Lorna, I had hoped that you were in need of me. Oh, yes, but that was long ago, two months ago or more, sir. And saying this she looked away, as if it all were over. But I was now so dazed and frightened that it took my breath away, and I could not answer, feeling sure that I was robbed and someone else had won her. And I tried to turn away, without another word, and go. But I could not help one stupid sob, though mad with myself for allowing it, but it came too sharp for pride to stay it, and it told a world of things. Lorna heard it and ran to me, with her bright eyes full of wonder, pity, and great kindness, as if amazed that I had more than a simple liking for her. Then she held out both hands to me, and I took and looked at them. "'Master Ridd, I did not mean,' she whispered very softly, "'I did not mean to vex you.' "'If you would be loath to vex me, none else in this world can do it,' I answered out of my great love, but fearing yet to look at her, mine eyes not being strong enough. "'Come away from this bright place,' she answered, trembling in her turn. I am watched and spied of late. Come beneath the shadows, John." I would have leaped into the valley of the shadow of death, as described by the late John Bunyan, only to hear her call me John, though Apollyon were lurking there and despair should lock me in. She stole across the silent grass, but I strode hotly after her. Fear was all beyond me now, except the fear of losing her. I could not but behold her manner as she went before me, all her grace and lovely sweetness and her sense of what she was. She led me to her own rich bower, which I told of once before, and if in spring it were a sight, what was it in summer glory? But although my mind had notice of its fairness and its wonder, not a heed my heart took of it, neither dwelt it in my presence more than flowing water. All that in my presence dwelt, all that in my heart was felt, was the maiden moving gently, and afraid to look at me. For now the power of my love was abiding on her, new to her, unknown to her, not a thing to speak about, nor even to think clearly, only just to feel and wonder, with a pain of sweetness. She could look at me no more, neither could she look away, with a studied manner, only to let fall her eyes, and blush, and be put out with me, and still more with herself. I left her quite alone, though close, though tingling to have hold of her. Even her right hand was dropped and lay among the mosses. Neither did I try to steal one glimpse below her eyelids. Life and death to me were hanging on the first glance I should win, yet I let it be so. After long or short, I know not, Yet ere I was weary, ere I yet began to think or wish for any answer, Lorna slowly raised her eyelids, with a gleam of dew below them, 
and looked at me doubtfully. Any look with so much in it never met my gaze before. "'Darling, do you love me?' was all that I could say to her. "'Yes, I like you very much,' she answered, with her eyes gone from me and her dark hair falling over so as not to show me things. "'But do you love me, Lorna? Lorna, do you love me more than all the world?' "'No, to be sure not. Now why should I?' "'In truth I know not why you should. Only I hope that you did, Lorna. Either love me not at all, or as I love you for ever.' "'John, I love you very much, and I would not grieve you. You are the bravest and the kindest and the simplest of all men, I mean of all people. I like you very much, Master Ridd, and I think of you almost every day.' That will not do for me, Lorna. Not almost every day, I think, but every instant of my life, of you. For you I would give up my home, my love of all the world beside, my duty to my dearest ones. For you I would give up my life, and hope of life beyond it. Do you love me so? Not by any means, said Lorna. No, I like you very much, when you do not talk so wildly and I like to see you come as if you would fill our valley up, and I like to think that even Carver would be nothing in your hands, but as to liking you like that, what should make it likely? Especially when I have made this signal, and for some two months or more you have never even answered it. If you like me so ferociously, why do you leave me for other people to do just as they like with me? To do as they liked? Oh, Lorna, not to make you marry Carver! "'No, Master Ridd, be not frightened so. It makes me fear to look at you.' "'But you have not married Carver yet. Say, quick, why keep me waiting so?' "'Of course I have not, Master Ridd. Should I be here if I had, think you, and allowing you to like me so, and to hold my hand, and make me laugh?